Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of My Body, My Pleasure, where we talk about all things centered around pleasure. Today's episode, I sat down with Mistress Angela, um, who is a pro dom who loves torturing men for fun and pleasure. Um, and it's just an interesting individual that I enjoy talking to. Um, I learned so much about torture and how to torture men, um, what a submissive man looks like, um, and different forms of torture that I honestly had not heard of. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode and learn a lot like I did. Um, and yeah, I will see y'all in the next episode which I am also very excited about. I feel like I say that every episode, but I am. These episodes um, are really just fun and creative. And I'm getting to learn a lot about pleasure, which is something that I really enjoy. So yeah, um, I want to give a shout out to the sponsors that I currently don't have, but I am manifesting. Y'all, I am speaking that season two, we are going to have sponsors every single episode. That's going to happen. Um, yeah, uh, cause their future support keeps being creating, helps me to create quality content and I enjoy it. So yeah, let's get into the episode. Hey y'all, um, welcome back to another episode of My Body, My Pleasure. Today we have Angela on, um, and we're just going to have some fun, just discuss, um, some of their businesses and what they like to do. So Angela, if you want to get started, could you tell us who you are, kind of a little bit about um, your businesses, who you are behind the scenes? Sure. So my name is Angela and I am a pro dominatrix. Um, short for pro dom is what people will also know it as. And I am trying to start an OnlyFans. I'm a little leery about it only because the market's so oversaturated. And I don't know that I have like the the drive, I guess, to market myself the way you have to, right? Like I'm not a big social media person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I know you have to do a lot of that. So I'm still making videos because I think it's a great idea. Like why not further monetize what I do? Right. Like that makes sense that I should be doing it. So I'm still making videos and stuff. Okay, nice. So for those who don't know, could you kind of explain what a pro dom is or what a pro dominatrix is? Sure. So you will find them a lot in dungeons in LA. Um, When you go there, they have like different themed rooms that you go into and Mm -hmm. you'll meet with um, a woman with different tastes that range anything from just general like so BDSM is bondage discipline sadism masochism and so it'll be different things in that category um, that you could do anything from like impact play to which is like being hit with things um, playing wax some guys like to dress up Um, so it kind of depends. Um, sometimes I just kind of do whatever I want and I surprise them. Other times it's like dealer's choice. So I don't work at a dungeon currently. I'm actually new to California. I've only been here about two years and I haven't explored as much as I should. So right now I do out calls and typically we rent like a hotel room or we'll rent a space in a dungeon. 
and then um, kind of play around, I guess you can call it for an hour. And I also have, I have like regular people that I see. And then sometimes I get contacted on different websites for other people also. Okay. Um, thank you for like kind of breaking it down. Um, so have you been to like any of the dungeons here in LA or are there ones that, you know, you are particularly keen to that you think are like really good for, I would say for beginners to try out? Um, there is Club Sinister that is, I think, in LA and it's more of a dance club bar. But if you go upstairs, they have a like demo room set up where when I mm. went, there was like some flogging going on and it was really like mild, like it's not <laughs> going to be because it's open to the public, you know, mm. so they can't like the people are fully clothed and they're not hitting too hard. Um, so that would be like an easy way to do it as a beginner, I guess. Um, as far as other dungeons, there's one called the Sanctuary that I had been to before, but it closed. I guess I heard it's reopening somewhere. They were moving locations. So before, when it, the old location was really cool, they had a bunch of different themed rooms. Um, and then there's a couple other ones, but I haven't been to those yet. Okay. Are you, like, into the play scene on LA? Like, or do you, because you're still new, are you still just, like, kind of easing your way into it? Yeah, I'm still trying to get to know people. Um, I'm in Huntington Beach now, and there isn't really a scene here. And so the drive to LA is like, and they always, the parties are late at night. And it's like, I don't want to drive to LA. And then I'm getting home at midnight, one in the morning, you know, and it's like, it's almost like you have to stay the night there <laughs> to go. Yes. So yeah, I haven't really been anywhere yet. Just, but that's why like I just don't like the drive is all but I've been thinking about me and one of my submissives have been talking about renting a space he wants to get like a mixed use space to mm -hmm. use for part for his business and then we would have like a room in the back behind a cabinet or something right to put like a little dungeon space so we're hoping to do that that could be fun and then that would be more like Orange County because there isn't really much in Orange County Gotcha. So um, with your submissive, are they like only male or do you kind of do like a mixture of like queer and what does it take to become a submissive for you? Right now, I only have males. That doesn't mean I don't see women. Um, I'm very bisexual and very into women. I've met a few here since I've been in California and like chatted and gone out and stuff but just for whatever reasons you know nothing is like stuck I guess I've mm -hmm. kind of been like on and off the dating sides and that kind of thing like trying to meet one because that would be fun um <laughs> so normally I have I'll be on like the dating sites for example and I can find people there sometimes um or on a kinky website called BetLife you can mm -hmm. go on there and actually place ads like in classified sections and then people can find you that way too. That's how I met most of the people that I know is through that website. Oh, I've heard of FetLife. I have not actually checked it out before, um, but I keep hearing that it's really good. Um, yeah, it's like a kinky Facebook. Mm, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so could you like describe your day-to-day -day life as a lifestyle mistress or what that looks like for you? 
Sure. So I have been living in California, like I said, about two years now. And I moved here with my submissive at the time. We had, he started out as just a client um, and I known him for two years. And then he was like, hey, my job is sending me to California. And we were in Omaha. And he's like, how do you feel about maybe coming with? And I'm like, sign me up. Like, sure. Right. So <laughs> Well, we weren't living together at the time. So the move here was like, that part was new. So it took some adjustment to kind of get used to living together in general, and then trying to have this particular power dynamic in addition to a vanilla relationship, like coincide, coexisting can be a little bit tricky. Um, mm -hmm. It's gotten better. Like we have different rules and protocols that he abides by. Um, like one of them is he has to kneel by my bed twice a day for 10 minutes, mm. not long. Like you can give me 20 minutes a day. Um, I mean, there are days when he doesn't, but that's what I like anyway, or stuff like, um, twice a week, we'll have a session. And one of those times he'll have like, uh, isolation time where I'm telling him that he has to reflect on his behavior for the week and be reminded of his place. And it works. So I love fun. that. So most of my family knows and my friends know. And it's interesting because when I like the more people I tell in my life that I've maybe not talked to in a long time since I've been into it, because I've been into it about 10 years now. So people that I've known like prior to this life find out and they're like, Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm glad that you're not shocked or like appalled or anything. And even my mom, she was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Just be safe. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So how did you kind of get into like the dominatrix world and the mistress world? Because they're the same thing, right? Or correct me if I'm wrong. Um, to me, they are not. A dominatrix okay. is more somebody that is a figure that you see just like on occasion, but don't necessarily have a relationship with. So then I would be their dom versus somebody that I talk to every day. And I, even if I'm not living with them, if I talk to them every day, I see them multiple times per week, we have more of a relationship and power dynamic kind of flowing constantly, then that's more mistress submissive. Um, I started just as a pro dom. I had a friend that was into it. And she told me about it. And I'm like, that sounds dope. Like, sign me up. Where do I, how do I do that? And she just kind of showed me the ropes. And it's just stuck. And I've been doing it ever since. I love that. Um, I recently um, kind of have, like, dipped my toe in. Like, this past weekend, I went to a couple of play parties. And I got to see, like, up close and personal, like, how... Um, doms work because I'm really interested in being like a queer dom like I really have no interest in men um even just like doming them like it just does not interest me at all um but <laughs> it was really cool to see how it like could exist in a queer space so thank you for sharing that um it's a little so different and it is a little different in a queer space, I'll say, at least in my in my experiences. I mean, it probably wouldn't be for you because you've never you weren't like with men first, right? Like my first experience with like the power the power plays 
were with men, even though I was married to women when it started. Um, I didn't start playing with women right away, I guess. I started out with men. Mm -hmm. And they're very, like, driven by orgasm denial and chastity and stuff like that versus if you try to orgasm denial a woman they get pissed (laughs) (laughs) so like unless you're trying to piss them off that's not part of what you do (laughs) it just doesn't play into it right um but I mean aside from that a lot of it's the same except for like that mental conditioning piece that I go through with men to kind of get them into their submissive space that is a little different with women (laughs) Oh, so could you tell me about that? Like, what does what does that look like? So, oh, well, before you say that, I do. Uh, I used to deal with men, um, and I was very dominant with men, but uh, I've never like actually officially tried to learn how to dominate. Okay, so it's not like something that you've done, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it takes a lot of energy, especially with men, because like you have to train them, and you have to like be patient with them, and try to like you know handle their man emotions and I mean women are the same way because you know women have more emotions but um (laughs) a big part of the difference like for me is I am more tender with women and more nurturing almost like a mommy dom versus so I'm more like I can kind of go into caretaker role with women versus with men that's not how it goes at all um they're more like i don't know if i'd say they're in caretaker mode but like their job is to serve me right like all the time and i don't expect that necessarily from women it's more Mm -hmm. of a give and take but Mm -hmm. for me i think a lot of it is i enjoy women more i prefer women right like i'm not super into men's actually like you know it's it's really fun to like torture their jog and you know deny them that's like a lot of fun that's what I get out of it um but women there's just more involved that that's interesting um I kind of see like where that how that dynamic evolved um like so with men do you when you guys are like negotiating like the rules and um what you you know how that how the power play will work out. Um, do you set like specific standards? Like this is all that this is? Um, or do you guys both just work together? I usually have a set of rules and expectations um, to start with. And then it's kind of, you're doing it my way for a while because I need to see that you can do it my way before I'm going to give you what you want. Um, mm. So I kind of lay that all out in the beginning and then mm-hmm. once trust is built and i know that they're ultimately going to do what i want them to do then we can bring we can introduce things that they're interested in sometimes that doesn't happen in more of the pro environment because some of them don't want to pay you if they're not getting what they want mm-hmm. um usually i ain't got time for that because i'm like what that's not what this is about like if you're just trying to get your rocks off, go to a dungeon. Like, there's a lot of things that I won't do that other women will, and like all the more power to them. It's fine, right? It's just stuff that doesn't interest me. Probably missing out on a lot of money, but. 
could you talk about some of that stuff? Like what are some things that you're just like, I I have no interest in? Um, I don't allow orgasm. I don't allow them to touch me. Um, I might, I'll touch them sometimes um, for certain things, but I don't allow them to touch me. Um, I don't allow them out of chastity typically at all. Like they have to wear a cage unless we're doing some sort of torture to that member, then it can come out. But typically I'm like, they're like in the cage the whole time. Mm. Yeah. That's fun. That, yeah. I'm like, wait, okay. See, maybe if I did it by your rules, I could. <laughs> I mean, you know, it works. And I'll tell you that I've had the experience where withholding orgasm gets them exactly where you want them and withholding. And then once you start to allow it, they don't behave the same. So the key is to stick with it, the denial piece, and to not want to give in very often because they're going to behave better. So like what I usually say is if you have a man that you're just treating as your submissive and you want to keep them in that headspace, don't make it a dude that you're into because then you don't want to have sex with him and you don't want to give him his orgasm and it just is easily all about you. That's what I usually recommend. And most of mine are like that. The one that I live with now I'm into and like attracted to. And I knew he was trouble from the get-go with that because of that. <laughs> like, I got a feeling about this one. Um, but typically that's what I do because it's easier to compartmentalize that way too. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, no, this, it's easy for me to objectify you because you're not my type. So you're going to like stay over here in this space. And then it's a lot easier. Oh, Okay. So how does that work? Because you also said that you're poly too. So how does how does those how do those dynamics work? Or do you just kind of compartmentalize and keep those separate? Um they don't know they know of each other. My like right now I have two submissives and they both know of each other. They've never met. Um I know one of them said he was open to it and then the other one doesn't really have any interest. And I'm like, that's fine. Like there's, I guess, no reason for it. Um, But it works out well because I have a lot of needs and I'm quite demanding sometimes. And when I first moved out here with the one I lived with, I drove him nuts. And then I met this other guy and it's gotten a little better because I have another place to put my energy. Right. Instead of, I mean, I think it would be like that with anybody though, when you move to another state with your partner and all of a sudden it's just the two of you like shoot me in the Mm. face right like sometimes you've got to like have more so it works out well for me and I would love to also have a girlfriend it's like I hate to say that that's like a goal but I just really miss women since I've moved out here and I think that that would be not quite as separate like I would definitely hang out with her and probably both of them not together Mm. but um there was one girl I was seeing for a little while and she had come out with both of them on separate occasions. And I kind of make that more of a together thing, but not really with the guys. When I lived in Omaha, the guys knew each other because I had like 
I had one that like did my yard work and I had one that like fixed things and I had one that like would come and clean and I had one that would go shopping. Like I had like five dudes all the time. I had my back and call. It was pretty nice. Okay, wait. Let's hold on. <laughs> You're like, I'm changing my mind. <laughs> you know, because when I, I and I guess it's a it's an, a learning experience for me because when I just thought about dumbing, I just always thought of it as a sexual thing. And like I said, I'm not really interested in sexual activity with men. Even just like I don't know, like I don't want them touching me. I don't want them, you know, getting the satisfaction of being pleased. If that makes sense. Um, That's completely what it's about. It's not about any, it's not like your pleasure is derived from whatever it is you're doing to them. If you want to sit on his face, fine, do it. Tie his hands down. Don't let him touch you. Right. But I mean, if you're not doing it for him, like the one that I do have sex with, like every time that we do, I'm like, this isn't for you. Just remember, like I'm using (laughs) you because I feel like it. And then like, he doesn't get an orgasm and we're done. Like when I'm done, we're just done. It's great. And I mean, he, to some degree, eats it up. Like there's, I'm sure, times when he's just like, God damn it, woman, like why? But he thinks it's fun. If you have to get the ones that like really are submissive and into the headspace and not just wanting like a kinky girlfriend, because a lot of them are like that too. And that's probably Mm. kind of where you get the idea from it, right? It's because a lot Mm -hmm. of like, men that aren't really submissive at all are just like oh yeah tie me up and beat me and tuck me in the ass and it's like no that's not even like oh you're missing it i love this because you're you're opening my world you know <laughs> <laughs> um okay so hmm, now i have a couple of questions so with the submissive that you live with do you guys just live like total separate lives and then you come together when you're wanting to do a scene or is it like kind of you're in this space the entire time um um with him we have developed more of a vanilla component mm -hmm. um like we always had a pretty good friendship base and now there is also i'd say it's about 70 30 versus like power dynamic and romance um so our lives are very intertwined and like we're together a lot and like i still we have separate rooms i don't i can't imagine ever sharing a room with a man like who does that and why like i've shared rooms with women and i don't even want to do that ever again now that i've had my own space from my partner because i'm like geez i don't want your mess around my mess so yeah we don't sleep together but i mean we're we we still are around each other all the time but you know i don't know that that is right for everybody because if i could redo it my ideal scenario honestly would be like my poly household would be me and my chick, whether she be, she's got to be a little bit submissive, but not like entirely like the dude. And then still have my dude, but he stays in his own area most of the time, right? And then I bring That's him out to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you See, come out I when I need something. <laughs> <laughs> I dream of that as well. Um, not with the men, but with women. Um, Just... 
having that dynamic where it's maybe like three or four of us and we all just play into each other's needs um maybe get like a mask in there like a masculine stud um that could play like the male role um but yeah i'm that yeah i get that that is like my dream scenario <laughs> yeah someday we'll see <laughs> Um, so do you do like Domi full time? Um, no, I would if it were more lucrative out here, but mm-hmm. I feel like the market's just kind of oversaturated. There's a lot of women, um, and they shop around and, you know, I think a lot of them do that and you'll lose them right away if they can find someone else that's going to charge them less, like out mm-hmm. the gate. True. And versus in Omaha, when I was doing it, like I was basically doing it full time. I was in college and just doming, like I didn't have a job for probably about a year and a half and did fine. I brought in like, let's say two to 4,000 a month at one point when I had like my solid weekly regulars. It was nice. And I thought coming out here, like, oh, it'll be easy. No, it ain't easy because a lot of them are flaky or you get a lot of old dudes that like one dude was like 71 and I'm like, okay, he could carry a decent conversation like over the internet. We're going to give it a shot. Let's, you know, he's old. That's okay. Old men, you'd love to. So I meet him and we had a session and as it was starting, I was like, I'm just going to tell you that I'm not going to whip you because your skin is so thin. And I don't want to like slice you open. And I'm also not going to trample you. And a lot of men really like that. And I was just like, I'm not standing on your chest. Like it's not happening. But other than that, he did actually pretty well for being such an old dude. But not all of them will. Some of them are like super frail. And then it's just, I mean, I guess it depends on like your goal. And if you're fine with, some people are fine with just, doing whatever to make money right but for me if I'm not enjoying it in some way then I don't really want to do it yeah I definitely get that um so do you have like an age limit when it comes because I when I talk to when I talk to different doms in different spaces they're kind of just like eh, whoever wants to come um <laughs> uh, but do you ha- have like that certain like restriction where like you have to be a certain age or certain like Lifestyle not, outside. Not really. Um, I've never seen anybody under probably 30. I've had a couple, like I just met with the 22 year old last week. This cute little kid. And he's <laughs> like, All right, I want full training and I want it every day, and all of these things that we talked about. He wanted all of it, and I'm like, All right, let's go. First night, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And I'm like, okay, this isn't surprising because he's either scared or realizing that he already forgot and doesn't want me on his ass because he can't remember because he's 22. And then I had a 20-year-old that I met with a couple times in Omaha before I moved here, but they never last long. One, it's expensive. And you know, if you're under 30, especially in California, if you're under 30, you're probably not going to have money to go spend on a dom, right? Or if you do, you're not going to do it very often. It'd be like a splurge. Um, so I don't think I really have an age limit because like I've seen the older dudes and I don't mind them. 
I just don't prefer them. Mm. I guess. I would okay. I would prefer under 60, I guess. Just because their body gets frail and you never know. And like safety first, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> so have you ever had like a submissive like fall in love with you? Or like were there ever like emotions that got involved in this power dynamic? Um, yeah, my first like long-term submissive well the first two actually developed feelings and the very first one is married and he's still in my life and I still see him he's in Omaha um and he's like a complicated situation um like we're still really good friends but he quit seeing me for a while because he was like I have feelings for you and I'm like okay well you know that's against the rules so peace so we quit talking for a little while um but then he came around and like kept his emotions in check and then I had one that I had been seeing for like a year and he (laughs) I got a girlfriend that he was like urging me to date and then all of a sudden you know when you first have your girlfriend you're like with them all the time and it's all about them and I wasn't seeing him very much anymore or talking to him and he got like crazy jealous and I was like whoa what is this (laughs) he would not admit that he had feelings for me but it was obvious that that's what it was so yeah I mean it happens I always tell him up front like look if that happens we will cut this off because that that's just not where this is supposed to go I had one other guy that did that developed feelings real early on and he was young he was 30 and so the younger ones are the ones that are more apt to do it I think because they're more emotionally Mm -hmm. immature and with him he like texted me, miss you, love you. And I was like, oh, no, you don't. Like, you don't say those things to me. And so then I blocked him and cut him off. And he kind of became a stalker. So we, he's gone now. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that was like one of my next question. Like, have you ever experienced like any safety issues when it comes to these power dynamics because like so one of the things that I kind of like just don't want to deal with is like if I ever hurt a man's feeling like if we're in a scene all of a sudden their alpha male ego jump out and you know now they're wanting to be dangerous or to harm me any kind of way and I just I don't want to deal with that so have you ever had an experience like that at all no um I think I'm pretty good about vetting them and I don't see them if they switch and in my experience anyway a real submissive man is not going to do that they want their feelings to be hurt they want to be degraded like you talk about rules ahead of time so if there is something that's going to bother him you're already knowing to stay away from it right and you're not going to go there because that's not what you do um so i've never had i think i have the only time i had one guy that i met one time And he like sat back like this and just like stared at me, like locking eye contact. And I'm like, dude, what is this? And he was like trying hardcore to intimidate me. So I was done with him. Like he was the only time that I had that like sketch vibe. And I'm like, "Mm, no, because I worried about it a lot at first too. It was like, what if I get some dude that's like huge? And so for a while, if two dudes that were too much bigger than me, I wouldn't take them on because I was like, no, because what if something does happen? He is like way bigger than me. I had one dude one time, his arms, I'm not kidding, were like 
big. He was like a big bodybuilder dude. And he kept reaching out to me. And I was just like, I can't. And he really wanted, cause I'm like five, three, one twenty, And he's like, yeah, I want this. I want to submit to this. You're so tiny. And I'm like, no, I understand that it would help you, but no, it's not going to help me. Cause yeah, it is. I mean, it is scary. I always have a lot of weapons on me. Like I have, um, well, everything I hit them with, of course, those are all weapons, but then I also have a pretty decent knife. So, and I've thought about having a gun, even if like, I don't load it just to like have it for fear factor. Um, I don't have one, but I've thought about doing that. If I were to ever like feel like somebody was sketchy, just like throw it, you know, on the bed right after you tie them up or something just to mess with them. <laughs> I love a little mind fuck. So what is your vetting process like? Because you brought that up. You said you met them really well. What is your vetting process like? Do you guys go out or is it just mainly conversation? It starts with conversation. Um, I usually grill them pretty well over like text message with a lot of questions first to get stuff out of the way. Like I don't really like seeing guys that are married. Um, I have but it's a pain in the ass if they're always lying to their wife. And a lot of times they don't have a lot of money to spend either. So they're not going to stick around most likely. Um, mm. And I just don't like lying. So I typically will leave those out. Um, and then we'll meet a couple times in person at least before we would have any sort of session. So just so I can check the vibe, um, make sure they don't, you know, come off like they're some creep or just trying to intimidate me like the one guy. Um, and I have had, you know, times when we meet and there's just no vibe. And so they drop off or I decide to drop off for, you know, whatever reason. So it's not like everybody makes it through. But I go through a pretty extensive list of like questioning. Like we have to match as far as interests. I'm not going to expect someone that hates pain to want to be a client of mine because I'm a status and I'm going to fuck you up. So if you're not into that, you need to tell me because I'm going to want you to do it anyway. That kind of thing, right? So mm -hmm. lots of conversation. And you do have to make sure that you can get them talking because if not, then that's when you run into problems later. Mm -hmm. I got you. Yeah, I, I would be concerned if men were just like, oh, I really want to work with you. So I'm going to say, okay, this is what I like. Or, you know, just to say... Um, anything to kind of really get in the door, um, but it's really not what they're wanting or what they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I had one guy that I saw him several times and like we would do caning and whipping and all that and never for very long because I knew he wasn't super into it. And then one day I showed up and he was like, can we not do that? He's like, I just want you to walk on me and I want to play with your feet. I'm like, oh, okay. But I mean, I saw him every single week, like clockwork. So at that point, he had done it for me enough to where I was like, okay, fine. Like he was reliable. And at the time, like the reliable cash was what I needed. So it worked for him. Okay. And so like, are your scenes mainly like just pain-based, like clogging or impact play or, you know, the chastity or what else do you like do with your scenes? Um, I like to do stuff with wax, um, bondage, like I like plastic wrap, like wrapping them up like a mummy, doing like mummifications, um, needles. I like, I like needle play. Um, I don't like 
the blood part from it like some people do like I'm more I'm going to be quite superficial and kind of get in and out I do like cutting but again I don't do it for the blood I do more like very like superficial cat scratch type cutting so it's not like super painful and it's not a ton of blood okay so could you kind of explain for those who don't know like what needle play is what um, I've actually never heard of like cutting but like yeah like what needle play is and Sure. So you get the needles that come on like the, the needle that you would put on the end of a syringe. So it's like just mm -hmm. the tip of the needle. And then you put them in different, you can put them anywhere. People put them all over the place, like face, lips, which is just, no, I'm not that um, extreme. I usually do like the um, boobs. Sometimes I'll do down the back or like down the back of the arm. Um, I really want to put them in my partner's penis and he is like almost ready to let me do it, but not fully. So you can kind of put them anywhere. And, you know, I like to make little designs and you can like run a ribbon. Like if you do um, like a line down and then a line down, you could connect a ribbon between the two and make it like pretty like that. Some people do that too. You can do all sorts of things with it. And then cutting is like just what it is. Like you just, I liked, since my name starts with an A, right? I like to mark all of my boys or girls with an A. So I'll use multiple different types of things to get an A on their body. And one of them is like my brand. So I'll just like cut the A and leave it there. And then like the one guy right now, I've gone over the same A three times. So it's really going to scar. <laughs> going to be around a while. Okay, so, I mean, it makes sense, but I was not expecting that, so. No. Thank you for explaining. <laughs> I, it makes sense, but when you, were, when you were talking about cutting, I was like, so do you just, like, cut specific parts of the body? I, like, I never thought about the branding aspect of it, which I, you know, I'm aware of, but that's, that's interesting. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, um, I have fun with that. <laughs> Um, so how do you remain, like, safe with that? Because I feel like that that could become dangerous. So do you have, like, certain limitations with that? Like, you won't go too deep? You won't do, like, I know you said you don't do faces and lips, but do you, like, restrain from, like, different body parts? Or? Um, yeah, I don't go very deep. It's super, like, superficial to the point to where I don't even push until I can see blood. Because I like to use an exacto knife for one, and those are sharp. So I don't mm. even, I push until I can see the skin start to break. And then what I do is pull the skin apart. And then the blood like kind of fills in the lines. And so it's not like blood trickling down their arm, per se, right? Um, and sometimes I'll use, I've used, um, like regular razor blades too, but kind of the same thing. Like you don't, you have to be very careful that you don't go too deep because you have to use a new one. It's not like you can doll up a razor blade before you start like slicing on somebody, right? So you have to be really careful. And I won't do, like if somebody were to ask me to cut their like inside of their thigh, I would say no, because you have that main artery there. Like I wouldn't do that. I don't think I would do, or else would I not cut? I don't know. I feel like the stomach would be kind of weird. Like I've done back of, I've done on the shoulder and I've done on the hip. 
and on the ankle. Those are places I would never expect someone to get cut. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, now that when you're explaining, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But I just, like, I, I'm glad I'm learning this because I would never <laughs> Like, someone just comes up to me and is like, hey, can you cut me on my hip or something? I'd be like, why? Um, <laughs> 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 um, so that's very, very interesting. Um, so I really, truly appreciate you, like, just coming on um, and sharing your wealth of knowledge. Um, I really don't have any more questions. I I, I enjoyed this. I, I thought so it was fun, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that you got the chance to come on. Um, so the final question that I'm so sorry, I realized we didn't even discuss the first question. Um, so before we end the podcast, um, could you tell me like what your pleasure story is or like how do you define pleasure? Um, I definitely like I said, prefer women. Um mm-hmm. with men it's more like I, I used to date like the average alpha dude, right? Like in mm-hmm. high school. But then I got away from that and dated women most of my life. And then um now it's I mean it, I gotta say you gotta try it as far as like <laughs> trying it with the chastity and with the penis torture and like the denial because now it really excites me and the only way that I can get off at all with a guy is if there's some sort of torture involved. Like there will never be another vanilla boyfriend <laughs> in my life because it just does nothing for me. So I'd say my pleasure style is like sensual torture. <laughs> See, listen, you gonna have me out here like, hey, I just really <laughs> like, I may, I may have to join that life just to torture me. <laughs> I feel like that's something I would definitely be interested in. Uh, I, I have no desire. I really just want to see men suffer. It's like, oh, you poor thing. You want your orgasm so bad, don't you? And they just are like dying for it, and you're like, yeah, no. It's great. <sighs> I love that. Um, <laughs> so the final question that I always ask my guests is, um, so do you have like a top five playlist in the bedroom? Um, it can be for men or women. I, I, I feel like you have torture songs that you play though. Yeah, there is one called Flesh by Simon somebody. That one is kind of torturous. Um, I like Skin by Rihanna. That's a good one. Um, what else? Probably like "Get on Your Knees" by Nicki Minaj, of course, was mm. like a jam. And then I like like old school, like a uh, one twelve. Um, who else? I don't know, like classic boning jams. If I'm with a chick, probably versus like <laughs> with a guy when I'm wanting to like slap him around and shit. I want a little bit different jams. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to find like my, I'm gonna put those on my torture playlist, and I'm gonna have to find a man to torture because you have me interested. Like it, this is something I really want to do now. Yeah, you can hit me up, and I'll give you ideas and all of that. 
thank you. Um, and thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I thoroughly did. Um, it's given me a lot of ideas. You guys might see me like posting like, hey, I want to do this. Um, <laughs> but again, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. Um, a huge shout out to the sponsors that I currently don't have. Your future support um, inspires me to keep creating quality content. So you guys, um, see you next week. Bye.